Good morning, good morning, good morning. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? It really is. So to Bishop and Lady Watts, I love you and I thank you. And I have one real quick story about Bishop, real quick. Bishop, sorry. Um, I remember some, a few years ago, my sister-in-law passed and you know we called him and told him, he called me at work one day, he said, you know, I got an idea. You can do it, to do her funeral. I said, wait, what? <laughs> me? Oh, no, no, no. Pushed me out there. And I thank him for that because I would not be standing here today. Thank you for that push, Bishop. So if he pushes you, know that he's pushing you in the right direction. To my family, I love you. To all of you, I love you. And I have to give a shout out to my UDUs who are here in the sanctuary this morning. Yes, we'll be down there tomorrow. Not tomorrow, next Sunday. Don't say, don't come tomorrow. Next Sunday, we will be down there and playing our, our games. Let us pray. Oh, holy and majestic God, I come this morning, Lord God, and pouring out everything, Lord God. Remove everything that is not like you and replace it with all of you. Lord, the words that come today, Lord God, let it sit, let it resonate, let it give hope, let it break chains this morning. Oh, hallelujah, we come in your spirit. Let your spirit move, not by my might, but by your might. Not by my spirit, but by your spirit. Oh, holy God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my rock and my redeemer. In your holy name I pray, amen, amen. So today your scripture was read from 2 Chronicles 32, 7 and 8, but I'm gonna start with 1 through 8. So it's 2 Chronicles 32, 1 to 8. And it reads, after Hezekiah had faithfully carried out this work, King Sennacherib of Assyria invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified towns, giving orders for his army to break through their walls. When Hezekiah realized that Sennacherib also intended to attack Jerusalem, he consulted his officials and military advisors, and they decided to stop the flow of the springs outside the water, the springs outside the city. They organized a huge work crew to stop the flow of the springs, cutting off the brook that ran through the fields. For they said, why should the kings of Assyria come here and find plenty of water? Then Hezekiah worked hard at repairing all the broken sections of the wall, erecting towers, and constructing a second wall outside the first. He also enforced the supporting terraces in the city of David and manufactured large numbers of weapons and shields. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate. Then Hezekiah encouraged them by saying, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria or his mighty army, for there is a far power greater on our side. He may have a great army, but they are merely men. We have the Lord on our side to help us and to fight our battles for us. 
And Hezekiah's words greatly encouraged the people. Today I will tag this sermon, This is How We Fight Our Battles. This is how we fight our battles. You know, sometimes battles feel like a way of life, and that's crazy to say in itself, because it seems like that we're fighting something every day as we enter the boxing ring of life. The game can be a dirty game because there's no ref, there's no rules. We take jabs all day long or every day, but continue to get back in the ring. Then here it comes, boom. You take an unexpected hit and you're down. You get up and then, boom, your relationship is on the rocks. Now you are a bit wobbly and you're healing from that and you're starting to get your strength back and you're back in the game. And then before you know it, boom, you take an elbow and you, you fall on the ropes and, and these ropes represent your friends and family. They give you some support, but it's not sustainable. However, it's just enough to give you strength. Now you're up on your feet and then you take another one, boom. This time you get punched in your back, the car breaks down, you start over, you start to recover, and you're a little bit wobbly, and then boom, because the car had to get fixed, the bills are stacking up, boom, you take another jab, you try to get help from your family, but they're going in separate directions, and then boom, the money is gone at your account, boom, you got laid off your job, then, it's, then it, the hits just won't stop coming, boom, 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 you take a hitch from everywhere, you're trying to duck and dodge, you're trying to go everywhere from every side, there's no recovery. You try to leverage yourself on anything you can, and then all of a sudden you hear one, two. Life is trying to get you out the game. Slowly you get up. You get back in the game, and then bam, you take an uppercut to the chin. I told you this fight was dirty. Last week, you went to the doctor. You got back. You got the results back. They were disturbing, and you weren't, you weren't expecting it. He says, doesn't look good. But we will try everything we can. Now you're weak in the knees. You're about to fall. You give everything. You stand right there. Your feet are planted in the ground. You're not willing to lose. But wait, boom, another uppercut to the chin. Blows are coming from every direction. You're trying to fight, but boom, surgery number four. Oh my goodness. This probably is a good time to say uncle. But nope, you get your strength back and you're up again. Bam, this one gets you below the belt, and this one brings you to your knees because you received news that someone in your family has just passed. Now you're standing over a fresh grave. You're hearing Bishop's last words. In your mind, you're wondering, why? Why now? Screaming, don't, I don't want them to go. I should have spent more time with them. I didn't say I loved them enough. This was a big hit. You don't want to go another day. It hurts so bad. This one hurts. It, it hits you deep in the stomach. It hits you right in the gut. Then life starts to count you out again. One, two, you don't, you do a kick up. Boom, you're back up. Boom. The world is in sudden chaos, COVID-19. A pandemic. Now you're nervous because you can't get away from hearing or seeing the death toll. Nervous sets in. From this, you're unemployed because your company took a big hit and you could not recover. You go get assistance, that's a complete mess. Then boom, shootings become more increased. In schools, in stores, in parades, you don't know where to go. The next one, now you're on high alert and you have nowhere to go. And you didn't want your children to go to school. 
but wait, boom, racial injustice. Brown and black skinned people are being profiled for the color of their skin. There's no justice, no peace. Boom, ladies, wait, a court has ruled that we have no say over our body. Boom, 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 and then when you least expect it, you take another hit, your body becomes weak. Boom, you take another hit, depression starts to take over. Boom, you take another hit, anxiety starts to take over. Boom, you take another hit, you start to contemplate suicide. Boom, you take another hit, you eat uncontrollable, now you're gaining weight. Boom, now you stop, another one he takes over, you stop eating, you lose too much weight. Then this won't stop coming, it's boom, boom, boom. Then you're knocked out, you get back up. You're knocked out, you get back up. You're knocked out, you get back up. How many of us in this room or watching online can relate to this? It reminds me of a nursery rhyme, but my dad would sing to me, my brother, my sister. Forgive me for this nursery rhyme. Oh, McDonald. And it goes, oh, McDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. With a battle here and a battle there, here a battle, there a battle, everywhere a battle, battle. This is what it feels like sometimes. Every time you turn around, it's something. You get over one thing, another thing's pop up. You just can't catch a break. Life issues and circumstances start to chip away at you one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time. Who can take all of those blows? Yes, it will eventually wear us down to the point where we have nothing else to give. Then you hear that final count. One, two, three, and the bell rings. Ding, ding, you're knocked out the game. This was just a short list. My brothers and sisters, I came this morning to encourage you to get back up. Don't stay down. Don't get knocked out of the game. Don't look, don't look at the battle. One thing we need to stop doing and stop thinking is has, if someone has it better. We think that somebody else has it better than us. No, they don't, because we each have our own personal boxing rings. Some folks wear it for all to see, <laughs> and, and others do not give you a sneak preview. It doesn't matter, we all have battles, but here is what we need to do. Do not focus on the fight. When, when Peter told Jesus to come, he did, and he was walking on the water, but it doesn't give us an account of how Peter felt. So I can only imagine as we can see Peter walking, and he's confident, I'm on this water. But because he was walking on the water, he was, he was cool, he was, he, was, he was chilling. But here's the point. He remained on top of the water because he did not take his eyes off Jesus. Because I can imagine when he first saw that wave come, he probably was like, oh, shoot. That first wave probably took him out. And then he started to sink. Why? because he took his focus from Jesus and placed it on the storm. Saints, we lose battles because we focus on the battle. To win this battle, we cannot take our eyes off Jesus. 
We need to walk by faith and not by sight. Focusing on the problem allows the entry for the enemy to come in. He will make it seem greater than what it really is. Because he knows you are weak in spirit. Let us not forget, the enemy comes to kill. Kill what? Your spirit to get back in the game. To steal. Steal what? Steal your joy. And to destroy. Destroy what? Everything about you. The enemy seeks every opportunity to destroy us with our own stuff. But God seeks to develop us with our trials. Saints, we cannot avoid trials. They're going to come. However, we can't focus on those trials in faith and defeat the plan of the enemy. The battle is not yours. Okay, that's good. That was really good. The battle is not yours. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Oh, come on, somebody. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. In this season, we got to let the Lord fight our battles. This is what we do. This is just how we fight the battle. So I have some tools I'm going to give you. How do we fight this battle? We have to prepare for the attack. We must prepare for the attack. Fight, he has up there, same difference. We can't avoid battles, so we need to be prepared. Just as every fighter, every athlete, every military personnel, we must prepare for the attack. In today's passage, we see Hezekiah, king of Judah, is facing serious problems. Rather than letting the enemy put him in fear and frustration, he chose to face his dilemma by putting his faith in God. The problem Hezekiah and Judah faced was so enormous that they can only get reprieve from God. And that's where faith comes in. When the problems are bigger than our ability, then we can handle them. That's our cue to rely on God. In this first verse, it says, after these acts of faithfulness, I like the Amplified Version a little bit better, it says, and then after this exemplary track record, we're talking about Hezekiah. What was his track record? <laughs> he, he reopened the temple in Jerusalem. Then he sacrificed the temple vessels that had been desecrated. He reinstated the Levitical priesthood, restored proper worship, and bought back Passover as a national holiday. Hezekiah stamped out idol worship and restored Yahweh. This to his rightful place of God in Judah. As a military leader, he fended off the superior forces of the Assyrians. I believe this to be the main reason because from the beginning of this verse, it's letting us know that every one of us, even in leaders, every one of us, even up here in this pulpit, all my UDUs, <laughs> every one of us, it does not guarantee that God will always make things go smoothly. Then immediately following that, the verse goes on to say, King Sennacherib of Syria 
of Assyria invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified towns, giving orders for his armies to break through their walls. Hezekiah was, like, Hezekiah was probably like, oh my God, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I just did all this, can, can I get a break? Can, can I catch a break? Can a brother catch a break? I did all of this and, and Lord, you still gonna have them come after me? Can, I mean, two seconds, two seconds, again. That's how the attacks come. Just when you're over one, boom, here comes another one. Now, now we see here that Hezekiah was confronted with the frightening likelihood of an Assyrian invasion. Hezekiah proves his wisdom by the fact that he consulted with other wise men, for there is much wisdom and many counselors. When we're preparing for the attack, we have to create a good strategy for defending against, for defending against the attack. Here we see Hezekiah did everything he could to deal with the situation, and he trusted God for the outcome. This is exactly what we must do when we're faced with difficult or frightening situations. Take all steps possible that you can to solve the problem or improve the situation, which includes taking this to God in prayer and trusting him for the solution. When preparing for the attack, we need to use intelligent strategies and principles to overcome the enemy. In verse three, it goes on to say, the strategy was to stop the flow of the springs outside the city. Without water, King Sennacherib of Assyria and his army would die of thirst as they worked to overcome them. Without water, they will die of thirst. There are things in our life that we give full access to our water. Our water represents circumstances, situations, life storms. We give it life by sitting in it. We give it life by complaining about it. We give it life by letting it continue to grow. We give it life by continuing to focus on the problem. We give it life by then giving the problem to God and focus it and let it focus on him. We create an internal storm. An internal storm inside of us until it takes us out. We need to cut off the water source. Stop giving the enemy credit by thinking you have no way out. You have a way out. We just need to cut off the water source and stop giving it life. Stop giving the enemy life and let him die of thirst. <clears throat> Hezekiah and the leaders set into action and motivated the people to agree to the plan. As we prepare for the attack, we need to put on certain garments. And this, call, this garment I like to call the get mad garment. <laughs> we need to have a straight attitude. This is to be put on for you know, when you're completely fed up. You know what I mean. When you get to that point where you, you, you're tired of hearing your own self complain about it. Put on your get mad suit and wear it proudly. I like verse 4. I love the response. For they said, why should the kings of Assyria come here and find plenty of water? Well, in other words, what they're saying is not today. Who they think they are? Get that out of here. 
they putting on their mad suit. Threats from without, unlike threats within, can cause people to unify, to pull together. People of God, as we prepare for the attack, we need to pull together. We need to be unified against the enemy. Today, we need to get stirred up. Today, we need to take a stance. For those of you who are ready to take a stance and are ready, I'm tired of fighting on this day, out of this category, I want you to yell, I declare war. Oh, come on, somebody. I want you to yell, I declare war. And this is how we fight our battles. Yes, God. Oh, come on, somebody. Two, one. I said prepare for the attack. The second tool, we must be encouraged. Having it made it difficult as they could for the Syrians to find water. The people were now mobilized and the captains of war were set over them. This would give them a sense of purpose and help to nerve them for what lay ahead. Hezekiah then gathered them together in the square, square in front of the city gate and spoke to them from his heart. And he gave them a word of encouragement. See, he knew the people had a clue as to what was about to take place. The king of Syria had encamped all around them and was getting ready to take over them. It doesn't matter the size of the problem. It doesn't matter the size of the army. It doesn't matter the size of the situation. Each one of us has the potential to become fearful when the fight gets real. We become fearful because we walk, we talk, because we talk ourselves out of it. We become fearful because someone else talks, about, talks, talks us out of it. Facing your life storms can be intimidating because of the unknown. Hezekiah, being a great leader, knew that they would be afraid. So he encouraged them. And he says, be encouraged. He says to the people, let me remind you. Let me give you some hope in the midst of this problem we're facing. I've done all I can do in the natural, and we're ready. But let me remind you what has encouraged me I remember the words of our father. This is the words coming from Hezekiah. Of old, I remember the stories they told. Be strong and courageous. I believe that Hezekiah was telling them the story of how God bought them out of the bondage of Egypt. How God had ripped open the Red Sea as they went through on dry ground. So be strong and be courageous. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord, your God, he goes with us. It was God that made the bitter water sweet. It was God that provided manna and quail. God had sent a cloud of the, how the glory of God filled the temple. Be strong, be courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria. I can also hear him say, be encouraged. No matter what's going on, he'll make it all right, but you have to be strong. Then he continues to go and says, I know right now it's impossible to see, but God is going to work it out just you believe. Remember this one thing, while you're going through, if God delivered Daniel, guess what? He'll do the same for you. Be encouraged no matter what's going on. He'll make it all right, but you got to be strong. 
Hezekiah's words were very effective because the people took courage and confidently trusted in the words of Hezekiah. The people remembered the past times of Yahweh had delivered his people and recognized the sources of Hezekiah's words in scripture. This gave them confidence that he could do it again. Saints, don't be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. This is how we fight our battles. So I said the first tool, we must prepare for the fight. The second tool, we must be encouraged. And the third tool, we must know that God is on our side. It's not the question of who has the greater power or numbers, but which God is essentially greater, the God of the, this world or the God that we serve? In fact, Sennacherib had no divine support. He realized entirely on arm of flesh. That is mere human strength. Judah, on the other hand, can count on God's being with us and being ready to help us. It's not surprising that the people were encouraged, literally encouraged. Many were clearly afraid and tempted on to rely on defenses that they had constructed. Hezekiah, under Hezekiah's leadership, ability, and faith both increased. They joined together as a great many people to help the king, assembling their encouragement and won the city squares. How could Hezekiah encourage the people in their seemingly hopeless situation? He gave this declaration. There are more with us than with them. Because God was on their side, their, their, that was their hope. And this should be our hope. Sennacherib had power, he had men, he had prestige, the people of Zion had the Lord. We have God on our side, and here's the good news. You won't even need to fight. It doesn't matter how many are with them, for there is more with us than them. You see, God is on our side. You need to see that, you need to know that, you need to believe it, you need to live it. God is on our side. I want us to see that Hezekiah didn't try to encourage the people with what he had done. He wanted to know that what the Lord is about to do. The Lord our God is going to help us and fight our battles. Oh, come on, somebody. Be strong. Be encouraged. God is on our side. There's a story of um, this young lady who everything she did in life was a great challenge. She often wondered if she was the only, <laughs> the only one in the world that was going through. However, she kept moving. To see her, you would not think anything was wrong, but internally she had a category five hurricane. One day while at work, she was talking with the boss and her boss tells her, you know, you always walk with your head up and your shoulders back. She thought to herself, is that a bad thing? <laughs> Why would someone say something like that? Shrugging it off and not giving it any more thought, she kept it going. This one day, her, her, uh, man, her boss asked her, 
um, I need you to come to the office and meet me in the office on Monday morning before hours. She was not prepared. I mean, who gets prepared for that? I'm like, it's Friday. I'm like, what? what? Wait. So for the torment, there was torments that were about to come. The next morning comes and she gets up and goes to the office, you know. What could possibly be bad? I mean, your boss calls you to, <laughs> to your office. And she goes to the office. While in the office, her boss hands her some papers. She looks at the papers in complete shock, and she's been demoted. Not one service level, but two. They moved her below people she trained. Oh, wait. And they reduced her pay. Couldn't make anything out of this, and it sounded like the teacher from Charlie Brown, womp, 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 like, what? She was like, what is going on? Then she came, she got up, didn't even realize she was holding on to that anger for two years, a confusing time. And then one day at a prayer retreat, she was delivered from that anger by forgiving her boss. She fought that, but she knew she had to release it. Once she did, oh, come on, somebody. She noticed that the situation was not bad at all. She was surprised at how she was acting and how she was feeling toward her coworkers and her bosses, saints. She did not get her position back, nor the money back. But this is what happened. She read 2 Chronicles 32, verse 8. He may have a great army, but they are merely men. Oh, come on, somebody. He may have a great army, but they are merely men. We have the Lord on our side to help us fight our battles. They are merely men. This was followed up with Psalms 118, verse 6. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Oh, come on, somebody. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Oh, come on, somebody. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It may look like they have more than us, but they are merely men. We have power far greater than the power in this world. That is the Lord our God. It's not by your might, it's by his might. Not by your spirit, but by his spirit. This is how we fight our battles. Oh, come on, somebody. This is how we fight our battles. It may look like we're surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. It may look like we're surrounded. This is how we fight our battles. This is how I fight my battle. Oh, come on, somebody. This is how we fight our battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like. Oh, come on, somebody. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise a standard. This is how we fight our battles. But 
Oh, come on, this is how? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Hey. This is how I fight my battles. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Mail, 
or Givelify. Again, if you're in sanctuary and you have your tithing envelopes with you, you can give them to the ushers on the way out. And let us not forget Bible study, Tuesday night, 6.30. And community prayer on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Oh, come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. I hope you all had an awesome time in the Lord this morning. As we go through life's ups and downs and the battles, don't forget, with God on your side, you can do anything. You can even say to the mountain, move. Get that out of here. <laughs> this is how we fight our battles. Oh, come on, somebody. God loves you, and I love you. Amen, amen. So let us be dismissed. I got everything. All right, let us pray. Hallelujah. Oh, holy God, we just thank you right now. Father, we thank you right now for letting, giving us this encouraged word that we can stand on and be fully planted. And when we get into the boxing ring of life, Lord God, and, and when things start to come at us and people start to come at us, let us resonate back on this scripture. They are mere men. Oh, God, I ask that you touch everyone, that you be with them, Lord God, and let this word be in their mind and be in their mouth. So I say go in peace, and may the peace of God go with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. And as Bishop says, shalom.